Hi, this is Craig Janney listening to the Blues Podcast in the Stanley Cup Finals. Welcome back to Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host is Jason, along with Chris. Yo! Oh, we're live. We are. It's in the same room. In the same room for the first time in a little bit of, a little bit of time. Yep. So, but, finally. So, we, you get to record live for the first time, and mind you, we've seen each other since then. It's true. But uh, it's been a minute since we uh, actually saw each other while recording the show. Normally that we, is true. Normally, we kind of just are going to the game, or... Something like that. So, the Aussies officially begun. Yes. Which is weird because, like, the Aussies begun, and then I think I was talking to either you or somebody else, and I'm like, holy crap, the NHL awards are tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like, we just won the cup a week ago. Yeah, I thought we had an extra week, too, for some reason. I was completely taken off guard, and I was like, oh, it's it's this past Wednesday. Not, I thought it was this coming Wednesday. Yeah. So, then that, on top of that, then the draft was a couple of days later, and like we yeah. talked about, like, it was like a really big turnaround for us. Uh, so we were just kind of like, because normally we kind of, like we talked about, we unfortunately we usually lose get some our time. Out, we have some time. And then our live show is usually in the, and also I'm so happy we didn't because it was, mind you, I'm usually excited during the draft and stuff happens. There was one trade during, during the draft. Yeah. The trades we'll talk about happened the next day. So we did a live one. It was literally uh phoenix moving up or phoenix and all that things arizona moving uh down and getting some spots yep it was pretty non it was not an eventful draft yeah which it was like everybody's expecting all these rumors and everybody's like oh my god this free agency and people signing early and doing all this other stuff but no not really uh so the blues got a little bit of work to do on this on the signing front which we'll get into but first off award time and this is the first time in a long time, I want to say, that the Blues are up for not like usually it's like award here and award there, but nothing like right sustain sustain. Yeah, they were up really. for a handful this year. So it was nice to see. So Ryan Raleigh is up for two. Yep. Uh, the one I didn't think he really had a, the lady being. I kind of think he had. I think about. <laughs> I thought he had a shot at that one. Better shot than the Selkie, honestly. And then I, I was one hundred percent wrong there. And uh, foreshadow. And um, Bennington was up for the Calder. Yeah, yeah. you know I. Good on the people who vote to actually abide by the rules and keep it as a regular season award. Because in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, boy, if the Blues win the Cup, it, you got to think it's going to affect the voting. you got to think it's going to affect the voting. And it didn't. I, I mean, Pedersen was an amazing rookie. And it, I think the league tends to lean towards scoring when it can. Yeah, so it's a hit, and he, I think he was pretty much the clear cut winner from mm-hmm. you know from the beginning. But Benito made a strong run, which we'll talk about. Uh, he did. Rube was coach, possibly coach of the year. We'll see how that goes. And then also the last one was Doug Armstrong, GM of the year. GM of the year. So they started off with the Calder Trophy right away. Yep. So we're like, all right, here we're going to happen. 
As we talked about, Elias Pettersson wins. Surprisingly, Jordan Bennington finished second, which I thought was pretty amazing. I thought he finished maybe third, but no, he finished no, second. No, I, I figured if he didn't win it, he was going to finish second. He was such a phenomenon the end of the regular season that I I knew that he was going to get votes. I just didn't know if he was going to get enough. Yeah, so uh, the final total was 1650 for Pedersen, Bennington with 1072 points, and then Rasmus Dahlin 661. So yeah, I'm surprised Bennington beat out Dahlin, honestly. Really? And, yeah, I, I thought he I, – I just thought because of the body of work, like it was a short amount of time, amazing body of work. And, right. But I just thought like that would kind of hurt him more than help him, I guess you could say. I think the body of work is what kept him out of being number one. But I think how good that body work is, is, was is what made him number two. So, uh, Miro Heiskin, in which a lot of people were upset that he didn't, wasn't in the top three, he finished at 520. So, he was about 140 points behind Darlene. So, I'm guessing some of the votes that he might have gotten, Benenton probably stole. I'm Not sure. Stole, but, God, you know. So, funny thing. So, they released the, you know, like I'm reading the to- point totals. The mm-hmm. other thing that gets released is what the pro writers – Professional Writers of the Hockey Association, if I'm getting that I'm getting Professional Hockey Writers Association. Yes. There we go. Had that completely backwards. They re, they say, who voted in your, their top three? And that's how they do the point tolls and stuff. Okay. Funny thing. So remember being way back. It seems such like a long time ago. Right before the first round started, the Blues played Winnipeg. What came out about Jordan Bennington? Oh, yeah. The, the, um, the old tweets. The old tweets was by a like, writer, Paul Gackle, who was a San Jose writer. For from Mercury. Winnipeg. From Winnipeg. He voted for Jordan Bennington number one. Well, you knew he would. But those are done before the playoffs, obviously. So he found those tweets and also voted for him number one, which I thought was just like kind of like the really weird how that worked out. I think that is called making sure that karma stays on your side. Yeah. So interesting there. Interesting, which I saw that kind of pop up later on. Second trophy comes at Lady Bing. So we're getting right into it, number two. And... Once again, a blue finishes number two. So Alexander Barkov takes it over Ryan O'Reilly very easily, fourteen sixty three to seven hundred and thirteen. I mean, really ran away with it. Yeah. So easy, so easy win for Barkov there. Riley still's got a shot later on to possibly do some stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, GM voting. Here we go. Second again. <laughs> uh, this one surprised me. A lot of people were very shocked by this, and a lot of people said this. These kind of votes should wait till after the playoffs. I just like the 100%. coaching percent. Um, I think let's say Ryan Reeves went on the Spit and Chicklets podcast recently, and I saw that kind of pop up a lot of places. Yeah. He was like, I don't even know Barube, but he effing should have won it. Yeah, like hands down, like they should wait for that vote because you can't get a team from worst the first win in the damn six cup. months and win the you know win everything and not win coach of the year. That's he says ridiculous. So Norris Trophy, nobody was up for the Blues. Uh, so Armstrong said Armstrong finished second. Don Sweeney was the one. Boston's GM wins wins eighty to sixty three. So kind of close, uh, but not really. So Mark Giordano was one of the older uh, defensemen to ever win a uh, Calder uh, excuse me, Calder Norris Trophy. So he gets the uh, which was pretty much why they speculated he win. And he ran with it sixteen ninety to seven twenty over Brent Burns and Victor Hedman. So easy win there, yep. which we kind of – I would have thought that kind of ahead of time. But uh, no Blues had any votes in the top – I see top 20. I don't see any votes for the Blues there. That's a little shocking. It's mildly shocking, but I thought the turnaround would have helped them. Here's the one that honestly shocked me. I mean, this guy had a hell of a week. Stanley Cup, 
Conn Smythe, and now a Selkie Trophy winner for Ryan O'Reilly wins the Selkie Trophy, which, I mean, that's amazing. So what do you think about that when it actually win the Selkie Trophy? You know, I I agree with you. I thought that that O'Reilly had a better chance of winning the uh, the lady being than the Selkie. Not to say that he was deserving of either one of the awards. I just thought that there was so much good competition in that Selkie. I think the Selkie is a little more prestigious mm-hmm. than the lady being and, and might have been gone over more with a fine tooth comb. Yeah. Um, but look, man, I, that's great. It's an amazing award to have in your resume that you won it. I mean, what was the, the picture going around of O'Reilly in his suit standing behind the four trophies? Yeah. Him, uh, that was the Western conference champion, Stanley cups, Selkie and con Smythe. Yeah. And it was like, and I think the blues said, Oh, we don't have a first round pick, but like, we're good. Yeah, you know, I mean, basically, which yeah, is, you know, it's pretty great. So, just quick, quick little fancy stats on uh, Ryan O'Reilly to show how great he was. Uh, he started less than fifty percent of his shifts in offensive zone at five on five, um, and out of the one hundred eight players to do so, and he played at least five hundred minutes. His Corsi was eighth, shot percentage was fifty was seventh, scoring chances uh, was seventh, and goals four percentage was six and this is all from i'm getting this from the hockey news so this is me just like just showing it what they kind of put together here so mark stone finishes second and surprisingly patrice bergeron finishes third that's a guy who's normally i kind of thought he was going to win it because he's kind of that he's a name guy yeah and, and the awards tend to be a little bit of a popularity contest more so than maybe who actually deserves to win yeah, so um, I kind of thought he would win it. Uh, Crosby was number four, which I kind of it's kind of shocked there. I mean, I didn't think of more of him very defensive, but I could be wrong. Uh, Jack Adams, which we kind of this is all three guys I thought were really kind of they were really deserving, deserving but here. again, like with all due respect to Barry Trotz, because if you had told me at the beginning of the year that the New York Islanders were going to lose their marquee player, one of the top five players in all of hockey and get insanely better, better to the point of not just making the playoffs but advancing in the playoffs, I would have laughed at you. But they did it. Yep. They only finished, what, two or three points out of their division lead? Yeah. And they, uh, you know, they, 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 well, yeah, they won a round, and they yeah. lost, got swept the next round. But going from, I think they're like 30th in goals against, or 31st in goals against, to number one, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, and there wasn't too much personnel change. They lost their number one center. I mean, agreed. So that's something to say. So Barry Trotz finishes number one. John Cooper league winning uh, sixty two wins. Did you get that? You see that joke though that Keenan Thompson made during the thing? Great, great. They set a record for the most wins and then set a record for the fewest wins, <laughs> which is in the playoffs, which is amazing. And th- they were what? not thrilled with that joke. Hey. Truth hurts. Yeah, but it was also hilarious. I mean, he even saw, he was like, hey, guys, <laughs> come on. Here's the thing. And I'm not going to call uh, Cooper a hack, but I think you or I could coach that lineup to 62 wins. Yeah. That was, That's uh, a something. damn good team. Oh, yeah. They they were stacked. And they from the goaltending on down, which is what we'll get into next. So, Brube finishes third there. Uh, well behind Trotz and Cooper. Trotz and Cooper pretty much 430 to 350. Really shocks me. And then Brube was 116. So that tells you how big of a drop from second to third there was. And Bill Peters actually right behind uh, Brube at 115. So he barely got in the top three. So still, Brube 
gets the accolades, and I'm sure he'll get paid, which we'll talk about. I, he will. I just, you know, I go back and forth, and it's like, I really thought it was his to win. Because, like, we were just talking about with, with what Ryan Reeves said. You took a team from dead last in the league after Christmas and took them to the Stanley Cup. How does that not win you coach of the year? Yeah, I mean, turns around from... What more do you need to do? Yeah, that's literally the best thing you can do. So, And it's not like they changed that team dramatically. Yeah, it's not like they made a bunch of trades. The, they, they did no trades. Really, it was a goalie change. That was the only change of consequence in that lineup. Yeah, the way let's say they got Delzato. That was one thing they got at the trade which deadline. Which he was played next, what three games? About eight games, I think total. Yeah. So nothing much. Honestly. No, it, it was it was a new coach and a new goalie. Yeah. So not much there. So we talked about the goaltending carrying Tampa, and that's who wins it. Andre Vasilevsky, uh, one forty six to sixty four. Ben Bishop. So not even close there. No. Almost every first place vote went to Andre Vasilevsky. Twenty eight out of the uh, thirty one. Yeah. Votes went there. So, easy there. Hart Trophy. Kind of knew this was the same thing on Tampa. Nikita Kucherov. He was the best player on the, the best best regular season team. Uh, and tore it up. 16-77. And Sidney Crosby was number two at 739. So broke, uh, broke Connor McDavid's two-year streak, right? Yes. So, McDavid finishes third. So, a couple of things of note on here. Uh, two Blues did get uh, some votes here. Jordan Bennington got a second place, two third place, a fourth place, and a fifth place vote to finish tied for 10th wow. in the Hart Trophy votes, which I thought was crazy. Ryan O'Reilly gets 15 points, two thirds, a fourth, and two fifths. So uh, that's kind of amazing. And then another thing I forgot to mention on the Lady Bing, um, Colton Preco had finished number 10, had some votes in the Lady Bing. So he was. That's actually, kind of impressive for, uh, for that trophy because Pareko doesn't shy away from taking the penalties. Yeah, so uh, the other one I shall point out, which was kind of a good, uh, the best thing to take out of everything that happened to the um, awards was the Bill Mastern Trophy was... Uh, Carey Price. The Carey, oh, Carey Price thing with the kid was good, but uh, Robin Lenner's thing about the oh, mental the health. Oh, the mental illness, yeah, yeah. That was, look, yeah, there he, is... He um, was going to win that, like, that was like the one, easiest one to call out of all these, and... That's a very brave thing, and I, thankfully, I, I think that we all... All of us, to some degree, deal with some form of a mental illness. Maybe not to the point where you need help, but I think all of us have a little bit of dysfunction in us. But it, it's a very brave thing of Lanier to get up there and say, you know, I have problems and I need help for those problems. Because, you know, especially being a, a pro athlete, you're supposed to be rock solid and alpha male and be able to, you know, spit nails. And it takes a lot to be able to come out and go, you know, there's things in this life that I can't do handle on my own. And I, I, I hope that, you know, even if one kid hears that and, and makes him get help and realize that it's going to be okay, that whole thing was worth it. Yeah. So really awesome uh, speech from him and just uh, also the carry prize with a, uh as the best moment. You know, they yeah. kind of had, like, some, like, random, like, awards this year. Like, like best dog was, like... Yeah, the Blues won. So, Barkley won there, so that was a good thing there. So, another win for the Blues. Uh, so, Ryan, uh, see, Ryan O'Reilly, I think we can officially say... I think we won the trade. We trade. I think we're officially... I think we can officially mark that down in the book. My friends in Buffalo have stopped talking to me about it. I think there came a point where... 
everyone was like, you know, we really hate to see him go, but St. Louis is a great team and blah, 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 blah. And I think, like, as this team continued to progress and go to the finals, people were just like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. So, um, so the draft happens. The Blues have a total of four picks going to the draft. Will they make a trade? Uh, will anything happen to the draft? Who knows? I was expecting them to be kind of quiet most of this uh, day. Maybe they'll make a trade. Like we, There's rumors that Shen might be available, or at least fans are putting it out there. They think Shen might be available due to him having a new contract, especially after Kevin Hayes signs for all the money in uh, Philly. Ooh. Seven years, $50 million, so $7.14 million for a guy who only hit 20 goals once. Yeah, that uh, that I'm sure uh, Shen smiled when he saw that because you know we he's we talked paid. about it at the deadline that we thought Braden Shen might be a piece that was expendable, just because of the money you have wrapped up in O'Reilly and Bozak. You now have Robert Thomas who's on the team, so you're we've gone from a team that was wanting at center to a team that is overflowing at center, mm-hmm. and you know you now have Braden Shen who's got one year left on his deal. Yeah. And odds are, unless this team sheds salary, they're not going to be able to afford to sign him next year. So do you roll the dice and hope that you can make the room and or get a hometown discount? Or do you ship him out and try to get something in return? Yeah. It's the David Backus discussion all over again. You know, and, and, and me like, and look, I love Braden Shen. I, I would say he's one of my favorite top five players on the team. But I would say right now the stock's pretty high on him. Not as high as it was last year. Last year he had an incredible year. Yeah. He actually took a step back this year, and I think that was probably just because of the decreased playing time because his role wasn't as big on the team this yeah. year. Um, but I still think that you get a fairly hefty ransom in return for a Braden Shen. Yeah, I thought you can get um, some solid player and maybe a solid first rounder for him at I, least. I agree. I think that you know there's teams out there who are going to need that. I don't know his situation. Does he have any sort of uh, list of teams that he won't go to, or is he? No, there's no. He has nothing on his contract. So we can send him wherever we want. Yeah, he has nothing. He's one of the dude. Few. I'll tell you right now. I'd call Buffalo. Yeah, they need uh, needs. I think there Ottawa needs help. A lot of plays. There's a couple plays I think anyone that, that's going to trade for Shen. No, it's a one-year deal. I think they're going to want to talk to his agent first. I think it's, this has the potential to be Kevin Shattenkirk 2.0. Yeah, because you're going to have to, if he doesn't sign anywhere. Yeah, so Taylor Hall for Shen. That'd be interesting. They're both up next year. Does, does Hall officially want out? Not officially, but he's like, they're not like, oh, they're quote-unquote not worried about him. Though, with the moves they made this weekend... He might want to be. He might be rethinking about what they uh, are going to do there. Let's talk about that. You do that first. You're going to do the Blues picks first. Let's. Well, since we touch on, let's talk about this. So PK Subban, two years ago, dealt sort of surprisingly. He, he basically was up against the clock because if he his, it no, was his, no, tra- his no trade was right. kicking in, and so he was traded to. Nashville, Nashville, straight up for uh, Shea, Shea Weber. Weber. Two really, I mean, Shea Weber's obviously older, a little more mileage on him, but still a good defenseman. Traded straight up for P.K. Subban. Goes to Nashville. Nashville, before let's say they started their little rise, where they right. played really well in the last two or three years. The rumor out of Montreal was the reason they were moving him was because he wasn't exactly liked in the locker room. Not a team player about himself. 
Correct. What the rumors are. Who knows? So I haven't heard those same things coming out of Nashville. But you got to think, if you give up your marquee defenseman for this guy and two years later you're shipping him out for parts? Yeah, not great. Either something happened that there is an impasse between him and the team or he is a locker room problem and the team decided we need to get him out. But I can't think of any other reason, hockey-related, why you would ship P.K. Subban out. He hasn't had bad years in Nashville. No, he's been pretty good. Like, last year was a little injury-riddled. He had 31 points in 63 games. Still solid, obviously. Yeah, when he but... was in, he was effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what – I have a friend of mine who's a huge Devils fan, and he's, like, doing backflips about what's happened the last three days for the Devils. And I was like, man, I'm – I'm excited for you for Hughes. I think he's small, but I'm excited. And I was like, I hope PK works out. But I was like, you got to wonder what the hell happened in Nashville to get him blown out that quick. Yeah, so basically the the big thing was the rumors going around that a lot of teams were, like a handful of teams were in on this trade. Uh, but the problem was his cap hit. He had a yeah. $9 million cap hit. And that's part of the reason why I think Nashville wanted to move him as well. Who knows, along with the other rumors, which are unconfirmed. Sure. But as cap hit, when they have Roman Yossi, they re-sign. They got a couple other guys they want to lock up. And the rumor is they want to bring in Matt Duchesne, and he wants to go to Nashville. So apparently they had trouble trying to move out Kyle Turris, who they just acquired. Right. In the, uh, like, well, two years ago now. So, or a year ago. So he, so they're trying to upgrade, but they kind of think he's the most expendable. So basically, when Subban was traded originally, they kind of his no trade calls kind of like got kicked out the window somehow. Which I'm, right. I don't know really how that works when you get traded. I, it's really weird. But anyway, so they can move him anywhere. So he goes to the New Jersey Devils, who also had the number one pick, mm-hmm. and they got Jack Hughes and PK Subban in a matter of twenty four hours, which. That's got to excite that's Devils a big fans day. today. That's going to sell some season tickets. Yeah, that's going to help them out tremendously. So Good job, GM Martin uh, Rodor. Yeah, slash Ray Shiro. So the two picks are two second-rounders. So one second-rounder this year, one next year, and Steven Stantini and Jeremy Davies. Never heard of them. But they take all the whole nine-mil cap hit, which is one of the reasons why they got less. Because yeah. apparently Toronto had an offer out there, but they only want to take six-mil out of the nine-million. So right. I think that's part of the deal that they were trying to bring in Matt Duchenne. They need as much room as possible. And they got, you know, let's be honest, Nashville does have a pretty decent defense already. I mean, they have some guys they do. back there. But P.K. Subban. Think about this, though. You traded Shea Weber, P.K. Subban for two draft picks, Steve Zantini and Jeremy Davies. That's a that's – if that happened to Blues fans, that's what we call poor asset management. <laughs> We call that the mid two thousands. Yeah, we call that the Chris Pronger trade. So, oh god, he moved. not the one that brought him here. No, the one that brought uh, Captain Eric Brewer here. Yes. So, two other trades happened. By, what's, the, what's, by the way, there was a picture of the day we won the cup, the day after we won the cup. My uh, my friends and I, the guys in Brook Royal, sent a picture around of a game that we all got to go down to the locker room or stand outside the locker room and wait for players mm-hmm. uh, with one of their kids. And the only guy who came over to hang out with us was Eric Brewer. So we yeah. all took a picture and, like, really sarcastically cheesed it up. And I almost felt bad because dude was as nice as could be. Yeah. Like, super nice. Like, went into the locker room to see if there was anyone else to come out. 
we were just like, God, why do you have to suck so bad? <laughs> but uh, he sent the picture around, and so the comment was just, look how far we've come. Look how far we've come. Yeah. <laughs> and also, thanks to Eric Brewer, because it wasn't for Eric Brewer, no Jordan Bennington. Agreed. So there you go. So there is some good at, uh, Eric Brewer did at the end of the day. Thanks, uh, Pierre McGuire. Yeah, whoever did. No, not Pierre McGuire. Uh, uh, oh, who's the? Not Eisman, right? No, who's the guy who drafted Brewer number six overall? Mike Milbury. Milbury. Yeah. Thanks, Mike Milbury. Idiot. Anyway, so the other big Shite trade. Idiot. So a lot of like people moving stuff for cap reasons. So Toronto wants to sign Mitch Marner, and the rumor is he doesn't want to be there for eight years. He wants a short term deal with a lot of money. Yeah. Which who knows what he's going to get. So they had to make some room. So they sent a first round pick, uh, a seventh round pick, and, and a ninety four year old player to Carolina for a seventh round pick. Yeah. Basically, he's going to get bought out. Patrick Marlowe is going to get bought out by Carolina. Carolina will, and then he can go sign with San Jose because that's pretty much the only place he could go. And San Jose didn't have the money to sign him. So for that, we're taking. So Marlowe's going to go back to San Jose more than likely. Fine, no problem. They can collect all the old people all they want. Though. That's fine. No offense to all the old people that listen to this. Thank you for listening. But um, but you're not playing hockey, correct? And uh, so his six point two five cap hits gone from Toronto. They lose a draft pick next year. Top ten protected. But let's be honest. We don't. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. They got a lot of guys to resign on yes. top of Marner. So it's not just agreed. So they got so that's what you get for making dumb uh, deals. Just like the when we said with Backus. Now Backus didn't get bought out. I'm sort of shocked. Yeah. I, I read a, a really good article out of, I think it was out of Boston. If it wasn't, it was a national NHL uh, uh, article, and it was written during the final about uh, Boston and, and what they do with David Backus because, you know, I don't want to say the game has passed him by, but as we've the often. Game has passed him by. Well, but as we've often talked about. I know. In this podcast, when you're a player who plays that style of hockey, the the fall off is not a slow slope, it's a steep cliff. Yeah. And and you could see that he struggled. And they've still got him for two more, three two more, more, two more at 6 million. Yeah. That is a lot of money. To be wrapped up in either your fourth line or a healthy scratch, or a healthy scratch. Yep. It, it's very similar to what the Blues have right now with Alexander Steen. Yeah, Steen will probably be on the fourth line. I mean, I would be surprised if fourth line slash a guy if we had injuries can move up. Yeah, but more than likely going to be on that fourth line high penalty kill because when he um, was on limited minutes, he did really well, and that's right. one of the reasons I thought with the turnaround, which was kind of unnoticed by. We'll get into Blues stuff in a second, but I think was unnoticed by fans. Him taking the like, okay. For the good of the team, I'll take a step back. Sure. I won't be on that second line. And I'll go down the fourth line and play limited minutes and work on the penalty kill. And that helped. I think it did out. wonders for him. Yeah. So I did great. So back to the trades real quick. So that trade happened. The third trade that happened was JT Miller, who I really kind of wanted the Blues to go after, but I knew it was not the guy happen. from Deadpool. Correct. And uh, Silicon Valley. And, Correct. Yes. But. He goes to Vancouver for a conditional first and uh, another couple of prospect, basically, goalie. So nothing much there. So three decent-sized trades, two buyouts. One, do you know who they are? Andrew, uh, Andrew, McDon- excuse me, Andrew McDonald on uh, Philadelphia. Yep. And, um, oh, you got it. I know I can see it. 
It's our, it's our, it's our second favorite nickname on the show. Oh, it's there. I can't think of it now. He's on the Kings. Okay, oh, Sloppy Seconds got bought out. Yes, That's right. there we go. There we go. Yeah, that, w- that was rumored to happen. So, Dion Phaneuf is for anybody. So, his last two years are bought out by the Kings. So, now he's a free agent. Boy, is he. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see what happens to him. So, you, you know what's weird? And I, I, I we always go through this every few years when you see the, the changing of the guard with generations of players and all that, but... You almost feel bad for some of these guys who are trying to hang on. Yep, that's one of them. Like, uh, you know, As like you could tell he was not great near the end of there. Remember a couple of years ago, Jerome McGinley was just trying to get on with anyone. There was a what Boston, Colorado. Boston, and then it two year or two in Colorado, yeah. and you know you, you're seeing it now with Fanuff, who went from uh, he was somewhere before L.A. for a cup of coffee too. Uh, was it Toronto? Toronto, yeah. Is it that's Calgary? Didn't Calgary? No. Calgary for a long time, Toronto, and then and then L.A. Yeah. You know, and you're now looking at Mitch Marner, or I'm sorry, Patrick Marlowe, who you know, same thing, same thing, and possibly Joe Thornton, who was Joe Thornton said he's coming back for another year, but at yeah. least he's at the same team. It, it's just so. at some point, man, and I know it's rough to be. You know, this is all you've done since you were a kid. And you're just not a kid anymore, right? And to bring this full circle back to Bacchus, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point Bacchus just says, I'm done. Because I really fear that that dude, and you see it now when he takes a big hit, he doesn't pop back up like he used to. Yeah. I, I worry that that guy's one big hit away from having some permanent damage. Yeah. So the other thing that John was gonna, wasn't going to mention, but since we talk about injuries and stuff like that, a guy who in the back is vain, kind of uh, Ryan Callahan. Yeah, pretty much yeah, had to yeah. retire due to degenerative disc. Uh, I guess I say syndrome or just in his back, pretty much his yeah. disc. And they, they did multiple doc, multiple doctors said you should not be playing professional hockey anymore. So he's on long term IR for his last year. Yeah. So he gets they get IR there. They get plenty of room now to sign people in Tampa with JT Miller going there too. But now younger guys. The Blues get to make some selections. Not many. No. <laughs> because they traded the first rounder for Ryan O'Reilly. Yep. A-OK there. Worked out okay. Uh, they also traded the fourth round pick for Nikita Shoshnikov. Uh, who signed with the KHL. Yep. Gone. Uh, so did uh, Jacob Jurabek also signed with the KHL. So those two guys will not be. They'll be we have their rights if they ever decide to come back here, which I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, so those two guys are gone. And our seventh round pick was uh, traded off as well. So our sixth round pick, excuse me, was traded for Michael Delzato. Right. So four picks, not much. Uh, I'm just going to. I'm not going to do every pick of the first round because that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. We're going to do the top five real quick. So that's really the ones everybody cares about. Agreed. And then I'll we'll talk about the 31st pick because you know that's just your Riley pick. Yes. Jack Hughes, obviously number one to Devils. Like I said, the Devils had have to be excited about this weekend getting Jack Hughes, Devils, and PK Subban. And I'm saying they'll at least be exciting next year. Oh yeah, like that's at least the that's the key thing. The Rangers I think will be the same way. I think they'll be exciting as well with Capo Caco. Got that right? Is, Sounds uh, like a Super Mario villain. Yeah, but he is a. Uh, there was a there was debate for believe it or not, good enough debate that they are considering who to take number one. Yeah, there was that debate after for that, a while. after that world after the World Championships. He had a really good World Championship. You know, I was talking about the World Championships. Was it last night? Maybe. No, it had to be a couple nights ago I was talking about 
Oh, it was last night. I was talking with our friend Jimmy, and we were talking about Jack Hughes and everything and how everyone says that he's going to be in a monster right off the bat. And I go, I don't know, man. If you watch those world championships, as teams in the NHL were getting eliminated from the playoffs and more and more NHL players were funneling into that tournament for their countries, you saw Jack Hughes becoming less and less effective. Yeah. Same with Darlene. I thought Darlene would be like a wonder kid on the defense doing anything. Had a good year. But like, didn't sit there and blow up the league. He, you can tell they both have speed, and it's gonna be amazing to see. I'm, but I'm not doubting how Jack Hughes and Dolly will turn out. But like, I, it's very few people in the history of the game have come in at young ages and done well. Take it off, McDavid, Gretzky. I mean, there's probably guys out there you can throw and throw at me, but I'm, those two come to my mind that you can say guys that came in and were like, yeah, they were impact players from the start. I agree. I mean. To a much less degree, I, you could possibly put Tarasenko in there. I mean, that dude scored two goals in his first game, and yeah. had that was the strike shortened season. He had a very, very good season that year, um, but didn't play in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I, I think at the very end he may have played like the one, one or game. two. Yeah, he sat a first couple of games and then came in later on, so, um, but played like fourth line minutes and right people because we were pissed that Hitch was not doing. doing but um, yeah, man, it, it's. It, what you said is 100% right, and we'll see how this turns out, but you never know with draft picks. Someone asked me yesterday, hey, are the Blues draft picks any good? And I was like, mm. I don't know. It's like if you're not in the first 10, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, even sometimes that, depending on the draft, it could be the top five. It'd be yeah. a crapshoot after that. So we'll wrap it up. So the um, Chicago uh, drafted Kirby Doc center. Uh, Colorado gets their pick from Ottawa and the uh, Matthew Shin trade for Bowen Byram. Great probably, hockey name. Yeah, but probably he's a real good defenseman. I mean, they're building a pretty good defense over there. Yes, they are. Yeah, Kyle Maker and uh, uh, Byram will be bugging Blues fans for a really long time. Alex Turcotte rounds, wraps it up at number uh, five for the Kings. I feel bad for the Turcotte kid because he's a Chicago native. Had a chance to go number three. He idolized Jonathan Tays growing up, and then they pass him by. So that should give that kid fuel to beat the crap out of Chicago. So I really hope that's like this thing later on. He eliminates them from the playoffs one year. That would be like the irony of everything. So oh, yeah, that'd be great. But And then also number 31, Buffalo drafts Ryan Johnson, a defenseman from the Sioux, from Sioux Falls. So Ryan Johnson, not the former blue Ryan Johnson. Correct, different guy. Though – he does have Blues uh, lineage. Really? The son of Craig Johnson, who scored the ever first ever goal at the Keel Center. Wow. So there you right. And Craig Johnson, part of Wayne Gretzky trade. That's right. So there you go. So a little comes back full circle. That's right. Full circle. So five selections for the Blues. Go through these. Like I said, they got second, third, fifth, and we did make a trade to get two seventh round picks with Toronto. So. Nikita Alexandrov is your number 62 pick in the second round out of Germany. Played for in the Q last year. 13 goals, 18 assists for 31 points in 66 games. Uh, smart two-way forward with quick feet and s- speed. So, like I said. So German. Yeah. So, there you go. Another goalie, which I I love Blues fans now because this is the thing is, I, hey, and I'm one of those guys where people are like, I hate bandwagon fans and I all this know, stuff. I know. I don't mind it, man, because we drafted, as we'll see, you'll see, we drafted two goalies. People are like, are we not signing Bennington now? What's wrong with Bennington? I saw that too. And I was like, you guys. <laughs> That's awesome. You guys. I love it. So, Colton Ellis, six foot one, 180 pound goalie from the queue. 
Uh, last year, 27-15 record with a 2.47 and a 9.91 goals uh, save percentage and three shutouts. Hey, so that's pretty good for the Q in a high-scoring league. That's not, yeah. that's not too bad at all. So another third-rounder who was drafted in the third round, Jordan Bennington. Mm-hmm. So obviously the kid's 18, a solid five years before we even see this kid, or if we see this kid at all, because let's be honest, there's goalies – like uh, Bill Armstrong said, he'd like to draft one goalie every draft because you never you know never what know. you're going to hit. Because you might hit or miss, and then you just constantly have somebody in the pipeline. I, I, I don't disagree with that philosophy at all. Yeah, so the fifth-round pick is Keenan Washkukaruk. God bless you. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, he was voted the OHL's hardest-working uh, player. That's a, that's a St. Louis Blues player right there. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, yep. Uh, his feet is always moving, plays bigger than his size. Yep, that's a Blues player. That's from NHL Central Scouting, ranked 149th in the draft among North American skaters. Went with the Missinagua, Missinagua, Mississauga, Saga, Mississauga. Is that how you say it? Nope. We'll just say the Steelheads of the Ontario Hockey League. That's who he played Perfect. for. Yeah, better. 16 goals, 31 assists for 47 points. So near the end here, this is the trade they made, and they got a pick from Toronto. So, man, I wish can I just draft like Bill Smith? Make it easy oh. on me. No, <laughs> Vadim Sharkov. Oh, Chris almost We're does. Good. So Vadim Sharkov uh, is the goaltender. Dra- he was traded the pick. Blues traded the seventh rounder next year to Toronto, and they got this guy. He was in the KHL last year. Yes, two point two nine point nine three six goals against. He's going to be over in the KHL for at least a couple of years. And I would think so. If not, maybe it's one of those things where you draft him. You have his rights. If he wants to come over, someone has the KHL. You have this guy that can come over. So the last pick of the draft. So very, it's like the prestigious one, like where you get the last uh, one is Jeremy Michael, the number. Uh, so he plays for a left winger for the. Gosh, Val Durfures. Sure, sure. The Q, I don't know, 16 goals, 26 assists, 42 points in 64 games. So, good stuff there. So, Blues got actually, like, right in the middle grade, like, of all, like, teams that improved during the draft via their picks and people who didn't do that good. Dallas got the worst grade, from what I saw, for drafting. And the Blues got right dead smack in the middle. So, not bad for only having five picks and none higher than 62. So, we'll take it. So... Draft happens. Draft is done. Trades are done. The Blues uh, have not signed anybody. For the, yeah. by, by signing anybody, I mean they're restricted free agents. You have the big ones are Joel Edmondson, Jordan Bennington, Robbie Fabry. Uh, I think Bennington will happen first. Barbashev and Sunquist. So those five are your big ones. All very signable. Bennington will happen for sure. I'll be honest. The other four I could see being signed or signed and traded. So who knows? Uh, the uh, UFAs, big ones, Maroon and uh, Gunnarsson. What do you think was going to happen with Maroon? I just hope they don't overpay him and give him too many years. Do you think they're? I I, I, think, I think they would like to keep him, but I think in the last few years you have seen. Thankfully, I think you look at the Backus deal, right? I mean, it's completely, two completely different players and different things, but but that's where I'm play going. The same style. Though. I think you've seen Doug Armstrong change his ways. And he's no longer just paying contracts based on what was. He's looking forward. 
And I think that if there is a way to sign Maroon that makes sense and doesn't handcuff the team, I absolutely think they'll do it. But I also think that that they're not going to just back up the Brinks truck because he's from St. Louis. And also Gunnarsson, and I saw a tweet literally before we came on, that Pierre Lebrun put out and he said Gunnarsson's having interest from multiple teams, but he is, is still in discussions with the Blues to re-sign, which is semi-surprising to me considering he had a very much injury-plagued mm-hmm. almost couple of years, but definitely this year was bad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he was out quite a bit this year, and both these guys had lower contracts, both under three mil total. I think 1.75 for Maroon was this year. Uh, yeah. Uh, Gunnarsson's at 2.35. Yeah. So not much for him that was on his contract. I just think you can't go much higher for either. I mean, Gunnarsson, I think if you can get for Mill. Yeah. Maybe an incentive lad in one if you can do that. I say if you can do the same thing for – I think can you do a two-by-two two for Maroon? Is that too much? Am I thinking? No, I don't think it's it is. A small, It's a small increase, but yet it's enough that if he has to play the fourth line slash sit on the bench two mil, like considering – where he'll play and what, you know, will he, he'll never be more than, you know, he's been on third line. He did really well on that third line, but it's like, do we have guys that can replace him in the system? Do you think some guy like Clem Cawson's ready? You have, I, you well, have Sanford, you have, um, I really like Clem Costin and I would like to see Clem Costin get a shot on this team. Yeah. We'll see if he gets a, he's going to get the rookie camp that starts yeah. on this week, along with all the draft picks. I, my thought with Blay is I, it would not surprise me to see Sammy Blay take Robbie Fabry's spot on this roster. And I like Robbie Fabry, but I think between the injuries and the fact that he was very hit and miss this season, he's been a lot of time as a healthy scratch. Yeah. Um, I could see them letting him walk and giving Sammy Blay that spot. Yeah, and Sanford played pretty well enough to have that spot yep. too. And Mackenzie McEachern will probably be your extra too. Yeah, so you have enough guys that could fill in, and even Barbershay can move up to that move yep. up in spot too if you have to yep. have other guys in there. So I, I was kind of surprised not to see any like Fabry or honestly Edmondson wouldn't have surprised me either to get moved at the draft. The guy who I really expected to get moved just because I think they're going to have to do something with him is I think Jake Allen is it, he's got to be going. Yeah, I mean, they liked him for what he did, and he really helped Bington's development. We're going by what Armstrong right. and others have said. But you're not going to wrap up that much money in the backup. It's the thing is, like, I look at the, you look at the goalie market, and it's not really good. <laughs> I guess you could I say mean, it's out there, but at the same time, it's like look at a market like Columbus, who they're going to lose Bobrovsky. They're going to. Yeah, because Bobrovsky and Panarin supposedly have meetings in Florida this week. Monday. That's, it's going to happen. I yeah. think it's everyone knows that those two are going as a package deal to Florida. Yeah. Um, they're going to need a goalie. Obviously, you've got Yarmo in Columbus, who I believe is the guy who drafted Allen. Yeah. So there's a connection there. He obviously knows what, he's, what, what is going on with Allen. You look at a place like New Jersey – that probably needs some help a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Jake Allen's best years as a blue was when he had the guidance of Martin Brodeur, who's now back in the devil system. So there's a place for him there. Uh, there's places in this league that are going to need a goalie like Jake Allen. Ottawa has Anderson Ottawa, for one more year. So yeah, I, I, just, I think that there are better options at a backup goalie that won't be as expensive as you have with Jake Allen. 
Yeah, that's int- that's my whole thought. It'll be interesting. Obviously, it is now Jordan Bennington's team. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably sign after Matt Murray won the Cup as a rookie, and it's it's different comparables, obviously. But uh, Murray got three years, three point seven five. So I'm guessing he'll get close to that. I would imagine. But also Bennington's also closer to UFA years than uh, Matt Murray was. So it's a little different. So he might get a little bit more. Supposedly some agents are saying between five and six million, which I think is insane. That's a lot. I would say I say a three by you know three years four mil is like a solid start to me. That gives everything's into age twenty eight, and then I mean you can cash in from there. Another deal. That's I mean that's what I'm thinking. If you can, you I want them to prove is not. I mean I think he's going to be fine. But, but I, you I know make what you're sure. going to say, and I'm the same way. Like you don't know. Prove to me that you're a career goalie. You're not just a guy who got hot for a period of time. And you know, mind you, a great six months. Yeah. And I I really think he's going to be good just because mechanically I think I can you can kind of see like for sure there wasn't. There was puck luck, let's be honest, on some saves, but there's a lot of times where... That just, happens with everybody. But also, there's a lot of times where she was sound. Like, how many times would you be like, man, I wish he had that one back? I think that... We didn't have that many times The this biggest year. difference, just look at the way Jordan Bennington and Jake Allen carry themselves. Yeah. Like, Jake Allen was stuck in his own head. And you could see it on the ice. You could see it in his posture. Jordan Bennington just... He brushes is, everything off. Yeah, like, yeah, like he is just a rock yeah. mentally. He's like, I don't care. He doesn't. Nothing phases him, and I think that is where you have the advantage. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting uh, week leading up to the free agency <laughs> period, which is July first. Mm-hmm. So we'll do one more live show, and then after that, we have. Uh, I guess we'll make the uh, quote unquote official announcement now. So we're going to keep content up during the summer, yep. and we're going to have a. I call it, I guess, a short mini series. Indeed. Uh, we're new, like, it's about four parts. We're going to do a retrospective of the 2018 2019 St. Louis Blues season. Yep. Kind of bring you back to what we thought during the year, um, what happened, and our reactions of, like, kind of what happened, and uh, kind of wrap that all up into four different parts. It's kind of showing the uh, fall, and I guess you had to do it backwards rise, fall, and rise mm-hmm. of the Blues this year. So um, I think it's a story worth going back and telling. So I think it's going to be, and it's something that. Um, you know, kind of got me excited to go and tell it, and kind of had a good idea talking to Chris about some ideas. And I, I think, think it's a really good idea. Some other people uh, uh, that flash some ideas by, and I got some good feedback. So I start writing some stuff out. So look for that later on the summer. We're not going to be posting that like right after we get these shows out, right. but you should expect those shows to be coming out uh, definitely uh, later this summer. So agreed. We got that. We got a couple more items to get to. So. The thing that we promised was our uh, giveaway on Instagram. And we said yeah. at the end, we said the end of the playoffs. And, you know, like, you know, like, okay, we'll, we'll extend. Like, they won in Winnipeg. Like, oh, we'll extend it. They win against Dallas. All right, we'll keep going. And there's more, hopefully more and more people will get on it and stuff like that. And uh wrote it for about two months. So it's almost one of those things where near the end I was trying to make sure I promoted it still. Mm-hmm. But uh, finally here. So we have the. Two uh, blues glasses that yep. are right in front of Chris, along very with very nice beer steins, and we got uh, our uh, shirt from Glassbangers. Mm-hmm. So Chris has uh, put all the names that they on in the uh, little bucket right in front in of you, Chris. In, got, in the bucket, there you go. They have that in there. So we got the bucket there with a bunch of paper and assorted items in there. So Chris is going to reach in, and we had twenty six total entrants. Mm-hmm. So Chris is going to reach in there and pick out a name, and the winner is get it in there, Chris. He's okay, struggling. he's struggling. He's struggling. Our winner is West Styles Radio. Yay! Yay! 
Price is Right music. Yeah, notice budget is still about the same. So we have money, but our production budget, our production company moves slow. Yeah, so we're gonna get. We'll be get there one day. So West Styles, thank you for entering. You will uh, be receiving these lovely glasses and uh, shirts. We contacted him soon. Yep, and. Last couple of things of business that we'll get to. We talked about this before, and I'm going to bring it up again. Uh, so, obviously, Chris has been spending a ton of money. Oh, it's I posted on Twitter the other day that the amount of money I've spent on Stanley Cup merch is shameful, but I don't care. I'm to the point where I think if you took a crap in a bag and put the blue Stanley Cup logo on it, I would buy that bag of crap. Yeah, and uh, there is a lot because I, I decided to – go out there and I clicked on I think I said the last podcast I clicked on it and there's 27 pages of stuff what's the most absurd thing you've bought um, I have not pulled the trigger on anything believe it or not I have I decided to do a test run okay. of like everything I wanted to buy put it in a bag put it in the cart just to see like mm-hmm. oh man this is awesome I want this oh this is awesome I want it and I decided to see how much that was I so far have not officially pulled I'm not going to buy this much obviously but I have about $1,800 worth of stuff in my cart Woo! I'm up there I would say the most absurd thing I've bought is I bought there is a and they they did them as pucks during the Winter Classic, but uh, Fanatics is selling. I didn't see how big it is, but I'm something for your desktop. Mm-hmm. It is a crystal Stanley Cup that is filled with water from the ice of Game Seven. Yeah, which is awesome. It's so, cool. But they have a puck as well like that too. Yeah. For the thing. But I saw the you know obviously Stanley Cup was cooler. I mean, duh. Yeah. So the one thing I the, the two things I haven't bought yet that I would like is I want to get the uh, Stanley Cup shaped beer mug. Correct. Uh, that's really cool. And then there's one that like it, there's a few things on that I'm like now you're just making ish up. Mm-hmm. One that I'm not gonna get is the NHL championship belt. <laughs> Correct. Which is like one of six hundred ri- ridiculously priced. It's like five hundred bucks, like five or six hundred bucks. Yeah, five hundred bucks, and there's only six hundred made. They have a, I don't know if it's gold or platinum. Uh, like a record. Right? Record. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, is it Gloria? No, it's just, just, a, blues, uh, it's just record. a record that's got like the, the uh, breakdown of each series game by game and the score. It's cool. And for me, it's cool because I have a ton of those in my office, but I'm like, the end of no, why? I, yeah, so why? Yeah. why? So, yeah, that's, it's, just, it's just funny. So, anyway. There's also a lot of cool stuff on Fanatics. There's a ton of cool stuff. And also, if you're looking for like, a Stanley Cup hat, and those are virtually impossible to find right now. Chris is wearing one right now. I got mine from the Fanatic site. Yeah, because it's virtually impossible to find in St. Louis right now unless yep. you get somebody on a secondary market. If you order for the Fanatics, and they have free shipping all the time. Yes. So you get free shipping, and it will cost you just the $35 you normally would spend. You might yep. have to wait a little bit. All, and They're the, shipping out slowly now. They had the initial rush of all blues stuff. True. And if you're a big fellow like myself, like I'm very, very tall. Uh, I ordered, if you go on the Fanatic site, you can order tall size tees. Mm-hmm. So like I bought the T-shirt they got on the ice when they won, and then I ordered the shirt that they were wearing in the parade. Yeah. But I ordered them in tall size. So like I'm not going to get them until mid-July. Yeah. Whatever, man. I'll, I'll gladly take it. Because as a tall dude, and tall dudes listening, you know this, being able to raise your hands over your shoulders and not expose yourself to like people around you is awesome. Crazy. But yeah, so no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, so anyway. Being able to not have your belly button out is a good thing. Yeah, so there's a lot of great stuff on Fanatics and stuff that you might be able to find in stores. Yep. 
especially around St. Louis right now, uh, go to Fanatics. Use our link that's on our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also is the front thing on the website at blueshockeypodcast.net. It is super simple. And you just click on the banner. And shop. All you got to do. There's just, no codes to put in. There's nothing. You yeah. click you click through on that banner. It takes you to Fanatics, and then you just shop as you normally would. And uh, it, it helps us here at the podcast. We get a little taste. And it doesn't cost you any more. You know, nope. you don't get you – know, it's not like there's a secret tax that they're going to charge you a dollar more that we get. It's the same price, uh, but we as an affiliate get a little bit of a, a kickback for that. And uh, you will be giving back to the blues community, as it were. Yeah, so then you have that happen. And then also look on for our brand-new T-shirt, our Run the League T-shirt. Yep. Uh, you have the link. Once again, it's on Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and the website, blueshockeypodcast.net. That shirt is dope. Yep. So the first section of shirts just shipped out and on its way. They should be getting here this week, and we're recording on the 23rd. Yep. So that should be here this week. The second set is still uh, You'll see a couple people wearing them on Instagram soon. Yep. So we got that coming. Yeah, those two things. And then also, we'll wrap it up there and where to find the podcast. I talked about our Facebook and Twitter. Our mm-hmm. Twitter is at Blues Hockey NHL. And Chris is at? At Hossapalooza. And then, like I said, look on Instagram. It's Blues Hockey Podcast. And the website is blueshockeypodcast.net or .com. Either or be great. Uh, if you need to stream or download the podcast, is Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, uh, and also the website has a player on it. So if you just want to go to the website, click on the player. Stream it there. Stream it there. Plenty of different places to do it. So that is about it. And then we got the we will do a free agency show here coming up after the holiday probably, depending on how things work, depending on how many guys sign and stuff. Like we, if we have a free agent frenzy on the 1st, we'll get a show out by the 4th for sure. of July. If, for sure. If it kind of slow or waiting for things to happen. We might wait till after the holiday and then get another show out. And then, like I said, look for the 2018-2019 Blues uh, retrospective. Yep. And then um, I guess the last bit of news, which I just missed. So the Blues did officially get a bit of news about next season already before we wrap it up. And that's uh, very important for Blues fans because we get to watch a banner raising. Faux reels. Two and banners. Means something. I'm hoping two banners go up. Yeah, which we don't know. But October 2nd, the Blues will open at home. That's this also the NHL opener, too. There's yep. no games before that. This is the opening night for the NHL as well. So the Blues will open up against last year's Cup champions, the Washington Capitals. So they got to do their banner last year. They have to watch one this year. Um, should be an awesome night. So that's October 2nd is a Wednesday night. Yep. So a little bit of the middle of the week, whatever. Uh, it'll be a great night. Looking forward to that. I'm sure a lot of fans, that's going to be – the second hottest ticket that's see, or maybe the hottest ticket, depending on how the we hit the All Star game next year too, which we is do. awesome. So All Star game next year, you get the banner raising. It's going to be a lot of eyes in St. Louis next year. Everything's coming up aces for the Blues right now. So pretty great. So, and we'll wrap it up there. So a little bit to talk about there, but I think uh, it's going to be fun. So we'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.